We're Kenyon and Takara Martin, faith-based marriage coaches, champions for healthy love, and lovers of pizza. And this is the Ask the Martins podcast, where we answer your single, married, or dating relationship questions with practical advice and research-based techniques. Have a relationship question you want answered? Well, send us a direct message on Facebook or Instagram at Ask the Martins or visit us at AskTheMartins.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. And let's go ahead and you ready to ask this question? So help, my husband and I had a huge argument. He and I played dirty. Now he won't put in effort to make amends. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, okay. You start with that one. Okay, so... Here's the thing. Both of you, um, the, the what happens when we argue is we tend to argue from a place of unhealthiness and we tend to argue from a place of toxicity. The reason why is because, number one, we're trying to get our point across. We're trying to be heard. But number two, we're trying to defend ourselves from someone else. So you have two people who are trying to be heard defending themselves from each other. So it's like I want you to hear me and you're putting your hands over your ears, but you do it with attitude. You do it with the, um, the words that you say, you do it with the way that you cut each other with words. And now you want to make amends. And now basically if, if we can just bring it all the way down and we'll be talking about this a little bit more in this broadcast, Mm -hmm. his feelings are hurt. His emotions are hurt. He doesn't want to make amends. He may number one, disagree with you, but he also doesn't want to make amends. Um, and, and that's something that you have to have compassion for. That's a part of making amends. A part of making amends is saying that I know that I hurt you. Okay. Now, before I go any further, it is my practice. It's my protocol. It's my train. It's what I train or counsel any man is that men lead. Mm -hmm. If you are a husband and you are a husband who walks, um, if you're a Christian husband, who follows Christ, then you lead in love first for Christ led in love for us. However, 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 he's your, your husband is human. And right now he may not know how to, or may not want to, or may not have the emotion, the emotions to lead in that. Does that make sense? Yes. I have a question. Yes. Well, I have a statement and I I want to follow up. Like if, if you agree with this, Go um, ahead. Because one thing that I definitely can say, um, Takara, my mouth is slick and it's quick. Okay, like yeah, she's slick with it. Like I, I understand the words and the power that my mouth can do, and I think as women, we sometimes take for granted um, the the power that our words have. And I think one of the number one ways to completely alienate your man, your husband, and push him to the opposite side of the ring, even though y'all fighting and y'all already like going blow for blow. A lot of times we women, when we get slick with our mouths, we know we're not being heard. There's a whole bunch of defensiveness and contempt being thrown about there. Absolutely. And the stuff we throw out is usually taken by the man far worse and it's it's definitely taken as disrespectful. Yes. And I think once a man feels disrespected on a certain level, it is very challenging for him to come back from that. And that's why I think you may see the the hesitance in him like wanting to make amends. There's there's a place in him that like when like disrespect to a man is not just like, you know, like you talked about his mama. It's like at that point you've made him feel like that you do not see him as the man. 
and that's injuring. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because basically what you're doing is you're saying that I don't trust you and I don't trust you because you are not enough. Mm -hmm. Depending on what you're saying. I'm not saying you said that, but it depends on what you said. And don't um, take much. I'm going to tell you that it, right now. <laughs> but that being the case, that being the case, I think the um, the address to him would not be to let's make up. Let's right. make amends. Let's sweep this under the rug because pain is here yeah. and we can't sweep pain under the rug. And because you have the intention to create to 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 to, uh, um, to make amends with him, you can lead in that. All right. Uh, the other side of that is the wife is the church yeah. and the church is the body of Christ. Hence, the church is the reflective is should be reflective of Christ. And while you should be reflective of him, he may not be in a position that you can reflect. So you have to be love by yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think if, if you're the one that definitely is there now, you're the one that says like, Hey, let's make amends. Like let's, let's get this back right in, in, in step. Then you're going to have to be the one that goes to him and leads in that. And it's not, um, saying that he wasn't wrong. Part of marriage is sucking up your pride, even when you know you've been wronged. Um, in arguments, it's easy to throw blame back and forth. But I think part of that going to him is just laying your heart out there and saying, listen, I know I said this. I know I said this. I know I said this in here in the moment. And I was foul. Like it was wrong. And I legitimately believe like I don't I didn't mean it. Uh, go with some won't happen again. Like all that stuff. Make it sincere. Make it genuine. But he needs to know that you understand how much you felt disrespected, how much he felt disrespected, right? The hard part about that is not following up that apology with a but or a justification for why you behaved the way you did. If you want to make amends this time, not every time, but right now, it could come at the cost of you not even getting an apology for what he did to you. And that might hurt. But it, sometimes in marriage, we go to our spouse and we let we lay our heart out there and we pray. We hope that they see that we've made that step and hope that they will, you know, marinate on a little bit and come back and, and do the same and heal you as well. But you both can't begin healing without one of you going first. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the idea is you focus on mending mm -hmm. because that's what you want. You focus on mending and focus on just taking the sting out of what was said. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that gets that point across. If we didn't answer your question, please, um, you don't have to super chat, but just let us know whether that helped um, at, at, at all. Um, let's see here. SCSI is good to see you. It is good to see you. Let's go ahead. You want to go ahead and answer this and then we'll jump to these. Yeah. She said, uh, my husband took my debit card info and paid a bill without talking to me first. I feel like he stole from me, but he feels like as long as it was for the benefit, the household benefit, it was okay to do. It is not okay to do. I'll just say that up, up front. It is not okay to do. Here's the reason why it's not okay to do. Because you both have never, it's, it's clear that you both have never established an understanding of how to handle the home economy. You you um, that you don't uh, that you have yours and he has his or you have and you have to have an open dialogue for you to feel comfortable. OK, mm -hmm. now everybody's home economy is different. Everybody's. 
All right. 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 There are little nuances and then there's big changes. Some people are all in one pot. Some people are, I got mine's over here. You got yours over there. Whatever the case may be, it is very clear by how you feel that he overstepped the boundary that was supposed to be there. There is no excuse for overstepping that boundary. And and the reason why is because there has been no understanding that that boundary was not there. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's perfect. That's very important to understand. So yes, you're right in that and he's wrong in that. And now it's time to come together. He's still your husband. So let's go back to the, like the previous question, let's make amends. Listen, we don't have this kind of agreement just because it's the household doesn't mean that um, it, it, it's a free for all. Right. What I would like to do is I would like to come up with an agreement so that this doesn't happen again. It, the goal is to fix the problem so that it solutions be solution focused, regardless of how you feel right now, regardless of where he's at to fix the problem. Let's deal with this right now so that this never happens again. Yeah. I mean, Kenyon and I, like, I mean, we have an agreement pretty much just like all of the money that's it. Like, we have separate bank accounts, but we know that all the money that's in my bank account goes towards bills and food and everything. And all the money that's in his account typically is like for business stuff, business expenses. So we just know, like, we just have separate accounts. And like, if he dips into his account, he tells me. But like, for even with my account, he has my card. He knows my debit number, like all of this stuff. And so we just go back and forth, like hand me the card, whatever. Ever. But when there's something that needs to be done, even if it's a gift, am I, I see I'm getting hot. So even if it's a gift for me or something like that, be like, hey, don't look at the account. Like, I just did this. I went and spent this. Like, here's what's going on. Hey, uh, Amazon card is full. I want to spend this. Like, is that okay to go ahead and, and hit send? Like, I'm like, cool, go ahead. And it's, it's an agreement that says everything that we do is together, but we know the functions of each other's accounts uh, for the most part. And so... There has to be some level of of conversations and understanding. I think in this age of mine is mine, yours is yours, and let's be independent, you do you, I do me, a lot of things kind of get lost in the sauce because we aren't having these hard conversations. And it's really causing relationships to kind of kind of become unbalanced, not because of power, but because of we don't know what's going on or how to treat these situations. One of the worst things I find when it comes to couples coming together. And listen, I'm going to go ahead and answer this, ask, answer this question about couples counseling. No, we're yeah. not doing it right now. We can't. We, we can't, can't. We don't. We don't have the time affordability to do it. But when we when we were doing it and when we are when we had that counseling, one of the biggest things that we found was that you have two different understandings and people get married off of their own understandings and their own the way they grew up, their own home culture or their own uh, dreams or their own expectations and they've never introduced those expectations to the other person they just feel like because I love you and you love me you must get me and we don't talk about the mechanics of how a house should work or how out we want our house to work yes. and there and that's the problem and 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 that's what you know to to, to nip this in the bud for SESI and to nip this for in the bud for anyone else um, who's having these kinds of problems or having these kinds of arguments, let's begin to come together and, and look for solutions. Okay, I'm not comfortable with this. Let's do this. I'm not comfortable with this. Let's do this. To, like Takara was saying with our accounts, she's comfortable with every, everything, and I don't go follow her or whatever the case may be because I don't need to. But before I do anything with my account, her account, or anything, I typically tell her, unless it's like something penny-ante or something like that, you know, 
right. going to McDonald's or something like that. But even then, you tell me because you're supposed to be having carbs. Can you be like, babe, I got to tell you this. <laughs> I went and got a cheeseburger. <laughs> that, that's my that's that's my, my that's my meal accountability. I, I got to be accountable for things that I'm not doing for my body. So I hope that helps. I hope that asked, answered your question. You're not wrong, but go ahead and seek solutions and how to make it right. Okay. This, uh, I believe this was a woman. She asked, at what point is it right to go back to an ex? Um, if I'm going to be honest, now hear me out before you, before you shut, shut down on me. Hear me out. It's never right to go back to an ex. Never. Now, here's what I mean by that. You can go back to the same person you used to have a relationship with. You can't be the same person and they cannot be the same person. If you are the same people uh, going back to the same relationship, then you're going to have the same results. You might stay in there longer. You might be able to tolerate a little bit more. You might be a little bit more comfortable because you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, is that if you want a successful relationship with this person, obviously you do love them. Neither one of you can be the same. If you haven't gone and done the homework on changing and growing and maturing and becoming something different and identifying what parts you pay, played yes. and the toxicity of that relationship, and you haven't done the, done the homework and, and, and identifying what parts they play in the toxicity of the relationship, and and then um, if neither one of you have done that homework, guess what? You're going to both come back toxic. If you did do the homework, but you continue to see the same mentality mm. of that person, then 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 that person hasn't changed. And let me be clear about what change is. Change isn't, I love you, I've changed, I want you back. <laughs> That's not change. That's not change at all. If you want to give them an opportunity, you give them the opportunity to demonstrate what they say in order to see who they are. And that does take time. That I would say it takes three to six months, sometimes a year. A person can have an entire mask on for a whole entire year in order to appease you to prove that they've, they've made some changes. If you feel like going through that process, knock yourself out. But at the end of the day, some you can't be the same. Somebody got to be different. Both of you got to be different. Yeah, and I would just, two things I would say to caution you when you do go back. Number one, um, Kenyon and Takara Martin fashion, we say, listen, make sure you are healed before you go back. You're not going to be totally healed. You're not going to be totally like just, you know, everything like no longer hurts. Because if they're an ex, they're an ex for a reason. Chances are that um, uh, they hurt you, you hurt them, you know, or it goes both ways. And so what tends to happen when we go back to an X is that when we have not healed we say we go back because of the familiarity we go back because we love them we go back because we can now go to our dream being realized again of us living a happily ever after but we also when not healed go into it still looking for that old person and so triggers begin to manifest without us even realizing it and all of a sudden like it creates a level of anxiety because you're still peeking around the corner for that old person to show back up and I think the reason why what Kenya said is so important about that time is that you want to give them time to see if that person does show back up. You don't want to go into it wishing and hoping they don't and then being caught off guard when they do. You want to go in slowly and just seeing if that person shows back up. Second thing with going slowly, date. 
do not speed past getting back things to where they used to be or going back into love. Date each other. Take time for each other. Go out. Hang out. Don't settle back into love the way it was. Actually take time to date and re-get to know each other again. And that's all. Okay. Now, I want to respond to this. Thank you so much. That was great. I want to go back to, let's see, break. Boom. I want to go back to Megan um, because Megan said that did help. Is except that it, it helps. She didn't say accept that, but yeah. she always is the or is the one. She doesn't want to be the one to make up or mm-hmm. not make up. Uh, let me read it. So, what was said and done by him uh, felt like boundaries were crossed, and sadly, I'm the person who leads in making amends. Okay. Oh, okay. This is very important. So I want you to pull in with me, Megan. Leading and making amends is a demonstration and showing him how it should be done. Mm-hmm. So we don't run on what we don't want to rush that process. If it's just you two and you don't have coaching or counseling, you don't want to rush that process. Here's what I mean by that. Instead of saying, let's just make up and move on or let's just brush this under the rug and move on. Um, we want to be very clear. Hey, listen, I was hurt by what you said to me and what you did. I know that I said some things that hurt you, and I'm sorry. I know they hurt you because. Mm-hmm. Okay? You, so you're telling them you know they, are, they hurt you because, and I know that I cannot do that again, and I will make a change. Can we find a solution to this issue or how we're managing us? Um, you, you don't have to do them both. And what I'm saying is whatever you are, were arguing with, find a solution to that or find a solution to us. Can we come back together? Um, and the reason why that is, if you do it that clearly, a man can pick up on the iterations of it. A man can pick up on the logical f- flow of I see, um, I feel, um, I, I see what I have done and I see why it hurt you. Mm-hmm. And and so as you do that, and even if you have to lead in that again, by the third time, you can say, hey, listen, I, or the fourth time, you, hey, listen, I've been doing this and I've been taking these steps to make sure that no matter what goes on, that we're safe with each other. It will be great if you begin to take the same steps with me. Yeah. And I think if you're always the one then um, to lead in making amends and and he doesn't ever do that, then I think it's important to suggest a third party so that you both can be heard. Um, You know, I don't always recommend somebody that does situation based counseling. But I think in this scenario where you're saying you both, you know, you know, took some low blows, you both did some stuff dirty, um, then perhaps going to a third party, um, preferably a licensed uh, therapist, a licensed clinical counselor or marriage and family therapist and ask them to walk through that situation and discuss what was said in those areas that um, really did hurt the two of you. So you both can be heard. Sometimes our, our spouses need assistance in verbalizing their fault in that uh, verbalizing where they kind of went wrong in that situation as well. So that may help if you're always the one leading and then it could help you feel heard in that regard as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and jump to, to Erica. Yeah, we got a super chat. And then we'll go back to Tatiana 
and we'll try to get our IG folks as well. We got to get the IG. So let me go ahead and pop yeah. this up. Dope discussions with Erica. Hey, how are you? What's Good up, to Erica? see you. That's a fantastic picture. All right, you ready? Go ahead and I'm read. I'm ready. Ready? Read. Okay, move that thingy because I can't see. Okay. Oh, there you go. Um, so red flag. I'm dating a man who had a past issue with gambling addiction, and he invited me invited me on a date to a casino. I was uncomfortable the whole date. That's like saying, I feel like it's it's equivalent, though, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, to um, a person with a sex addiction inviting you on a date to a strip club. Like, I just feel like there are environments where if you know you've had a problem and you're inviting me on a date to a place where you've admittedly had a problem, it's almost like they're grooming you. I don't know if that's the right word to that's be a great okay, word. to be okay when they begin to slip back into those old habits and old patterns and old behaviors so that later on down the line they can say, "Well, this was me when you met me. You didn't seem to have a problem then." And in our sites and I'm just going to speak for ladies, we feel like we can maybe try to coax them in a different direction and that's why we'll stay in the game. No. I feel like they're grooming you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you are uncomfortable with that, um, you're supposed to uh, you, you po- make sure that you voice that uh, being dis- that being uncomfortable. Yes. All right. But I'm going to be honest. If you're dating, depending on how long you've been dating, um, if if that was a short period of uh, if it's been a short period, once you voice that you're uh, that there's a discomfort there, they're going to hide it from you. So. With that being the case, oh, that's good. Sometimes, and, and this is this is how it does. This is how it kind of goes with people who can't break addictions or who need time to break them. That's good. I have an addiction. I'm working on it. Let's go feed it. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what happened? And then they start hiding it from you. And so the, he still, if if he already acknowledges that it's an addiction, or if you already see this that it's an addiction, and it's something that you don't want to carry forward. Remember your purpose in dating. If it's something that you don't want to carry forward in what you do, then you have every right to walk away from that situation and move on. We have a we another have a, super. We have chat. a super chat from Chris. We have to answer this. You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's go ahead. Thank you so much. Hey, Pop what's up, up Chris? Alrighty, she says, I told a friend of mine for about 13 years that I liked him as more than a friend. However, he's stationed on the West Coast due to a military career. He says that he feels the same way, but it's been a month and nothing uh, has come of it. He did recently get promoted and has more responsibilities. However, I feel like prior to me telling him, we communicated way more. Okay, okay. You go first because you're man's. So here's, here's the thing dating right (laughs) it's either disappointing we're tired of trying or we're sick of the same old same old same people same lies same games same disappointments oh listen we get it when takara and i met we were in the sick and tired of being sick and tired category too well to be honest we dated with clarity intention and strategy a way in which we hadn't really dated before we dated by design This way of dating kept us from dating in fear, dating with false hopes, or dating out of our own thirst. Dating by design gave us the courage to not be so tied up in our attractions that we weren't willing to walk away when we needed to. So if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you need to be dating by design too. 
we took the dating methods and strategies that we use with and for each other and combined them with our own coaching practice to bring you Dating by Design. Now, Dating by Design is an easy to follow course and guide that will help you to develop your own design to dating. Whether you're dating someone right now or getting ready to, this course will help you to learn how to evaluate whether where you are or are going is where you really want to be. It's so full of practical wisdom and direction that it ensures you'll never date the same again. So check us out. Go to courses.askthemartins.com. That's courses.askthemartins.com to learn more about dating by design. You put yourself out there. And so when you put yourself out there, you're much more sensitive to time. You're much more sensitive to feedback. You're much more sensitive to the response because you're looking for, you're bracing yourself for the rejection. Mm -hmm. So after you put yourself out there, remember that you're highly sensitive. Okay. That's number one. And I'm not saying you're emotionally sensitive. I mean, you're, you're on pins and needles waiting for what the response is. So you're, you know, it's kind of like turning off all the lights in the house and suddenly uh, you can see in the dark after a while. <laughs> that's what's going on. Right mm -hmm. now. That's one thing. So remember that your, your antenna are, are, are up. Number two, think that things are going on in his life. He just recently got a promotion. So there are things are moving. There's greater responsibility. With greater responsibility comes training, comes uh, learning my new responsibility, learning the people that I work with in the responsibility. If he is an officer, he has a lot of people up under him. Um, so, and, and with the military, that's very important. So there are things that are going on in his life. Mm. Remember, you're sensitive. You're highly sensitive and things are going on. So these two things can play into the discomfort that you're feeling with his silence right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he's uh, I'm not saying that his silence couldn't be anything else. But what I want you to be aware of is that what can play into the discomfort of what you're feeling right now. Now, if you've opened yourself up to him. Just generally speaking, outside of those things, you've opened yourself up to him. I see him as more as a friend. He is now in a place where he knows he has to respond. He has to deal with his own nervousness, too. He has to deal with what he does and doesn't want or what direction he does or doesn't want to go. We don't know. What we do know, though, is that he's not talking to you as much. So I would perceive that there's something there that's stalling or halting him from actually reaching out because he knows the next time he does have to talk to you, mm -hmm. he has to address this situation. He can't just leave you hanging. So that's something that you want to uh, keep in mind as well. How is he going to respond? We don't know. We can't read minds and we ain't prophets. But, but... We want you to sit still and just be okay with wherever he is, but keep on moving. Does that make sense? We want you to keep, when I say keep on moving, don't stop at him. Don't stop and wait for him to answer. You're, you're not about to win the lottery. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be glued to your seat. Mm -hmm. and, and I know the emotions are there because you put yourself out there. Right. And women are, uh, uh, have a, a harder time putting themselves out there uh number one is not tradition but number two women have a harder time putting themselves out there because uh they don't really have to be chased as much if that makes sense 
and and you're risking rejection and that hurts it hurts both parties but it really hurts so just take all this in calm down breathe i'm starting not to be able to breathe because of allergies but <laughs> yeah breathe. see he t- he started early y'all he started without me and now he can't breathe look at god look at god <laughs> Look at God. Go ahead and chastise that man. Now you can't, you can't breathe, can you? Because you wanted to go ahead and lead without your wife. Huh? You see that? Do you see that? Uh, Chris continued and said, we've talked about marriage, kids, etc. And we seem to be on the same page. Um, so, again, you don't want to read too much into it, Chris. But I will say... And and Kenyon was exactly right. And he was very PC about it as a former military man himself. He was very nice to that brother. And (laughs) I am about to say something that's not as nice. Go ahead. Say it, though, because we need both sides. It's very important. My side of it um, is or my my thoughts on this is is something that I think it's going to be challenging to hear. And I think it's whenever we are connecting with someone, talking to someone who is long distance, there is always a risk that you are not the only person that they're talking to, especially with military, especially where there's, you know, there's danger seen and unseen around them. There's things going on. I know a lot of military dudes that occupy their text messaging and emails and everything with a lot of women in order to keep their minds off the pressures that they're in. Some of them are players. Absolutely. Some of them, that's just how they cope. And they don't, I mean, as much as they say long distance, it really rarely materializes to anything. And I want to caution you, especially when you've known him for that long and now you've kind of bared your soul. Um, are you trying to, you no, 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 okay. no. That was me. Just, uh, and I'm now sorry. that you've bared your soul to him, it could be that he respects you so much that he doesn't want to continue leading that leading you on as well. So consider that also. Um, you know, I think there can be a lot of of ideas that we get in our head, especially when it comes down to dating someone and being with someone who we've known for so long. It just seems kind of like, oh my God, it's just easy. We fit together. We've known each other for so long, whatever. But if he's far away and he is not making advances into the direction of a relationship with you that is much more meaningful than just texts and calls and things like that, you have to ask yourself, is it a possibility that number one, he's not as serious as he's led me on to be because it is long distance and he hasn't made efforts to in, in any other direction other than lip service. I concur. I concur. And that's a very real deal. That's a very real deal. Hopefully that helps you. Thank you so much. Maybe did you need to go get some medicine? I want you to feel, I want you to breathe. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> breathe again. The huh? breath of life. The, huh? Okay. Okay. You want me to blow <laughs> in your mouth? <laughs> Hush woman. Get to some of the IGs. <laughs> well, hold on. I want to get to Tatiana because I have and I have I have um an answer for her. You want to read that real quick? Yes, my boyfriend is from a different culture. Um, he reassures me that he is happy, but I doubt myself and compare myself to the women in his culture, cooking traditional food, staying home to raise a family, etc. Um, oh, that sounds familiar. Did she say um, which culture? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Not for me. Not for my answer. It I want to know. Okay, go ahead. Well, Tatiana, if you're still there, Takar wants to know what culture. <laughs> so okay. please. Please, please offer that information. But I'm going to tell you this. This is the problem. This is the problem when we date. When we date, we try to guess 
each other's expectations when we try to guess what each other is what, what what we're comfortable with typically we feel each other's chemistry we feel each other's vibes we're attracted we want to get down with the get down everything is good they have they have all the surface things handled they have the job they have everything that we believe we like about them we we we, we that's what gets us to go in yeah after that part after we go in, we f- we we lay right there in that comfort zone. We lay right there in everything that we like, and we stop asking questions and we stop revealing ourselves. Here's the thing: if he likes you, he needs to like you for you. Right. If you like him, you need to like him for him. You need but to you, like you for you. First of all, right. You need to like you for you. <laughs> but at the end of the day. You need to expose yourself to him mentally and emotionally <laughs> and, and, and your cult and culturally and have him expose himself to you as far as as, as his culture. Listen, so I nasty. don't I don't cook those things. I don't do those things. And I'm not saying you come off like that, but you come off with, oh, wow, that's nice. I don't know how to do that. Oh, wow. That's cool. I don't know how to do that. You Tatiana, you don't have to sell yourself. Right. And he doesn't have to sell himself either. You get to know each other. This is the process of dating, collecting information and getting to know each other and setting precedent so that we can set expectations that I'm not going to be your mama. I'm not going to be your sisters. I'm not going to be where you from because I am where you at. And the same thing goes for him. I'm not going to be your dad. I'm not going to be your brothers. I'm going to be who I am as well. Does that make sense? It does. It's very important. It, it, and it kind of reminds me, um, it, you know, a lot of times we begin to feel like that, the way she's feeling in this relationship right now, because not intentionally, but sometimes we can make uh, create a fantasy out of dating a certain type of person. We've seen it like with women who say they want to date a minister. So, you know, want to date a minister no, and now then you get a minister and you psych yourself into believing that you have to be like other ministers, wives, ministers, girlfriends. I have to do this. I have to do that. Like I have to be this extra type of person in order to make sure that they stay liking me. And we almost begin to carry ourselves as if we're lucky to have them. And that's not the case. I think be careful of dating people that you've created an idea about who they are so much so that you've become an, uh, infatuated and fascinated by what the, the package that they're coming in and not the person. Because if you do that, you're honestly almost always going to sell like sell yourself out to just have the package and you want somebody that feels just as lucky to have you as you are, as you're bringing it as you are to them. And if it's not, and you feel that constant anxiety, like I'm not going to be enough, it'll either one become a self-fulfilling prophecy and you won't be enough because you'll continue to project those insecurities onto him, or you're going to find yourself dumbing yourself down, quieting yourself down, silencing yourself and metamorphosizing yourself into something else in order to make them love you. And that's not relationship. That is not relationship. That's the beginning of resentment. I keep thinking about my ex. What question should I be asking myself to figure out what's my issue? Okay. I keep thinking about my ex. What questions should I be asking myself to figure out what's my issue? Here's the question I want you to ask yourself. This is the question I want you to ask yourself. You keep thinking about your ex. Do I love them? Nine times out of 10, your answer is I do love them. They're my ex. 
that's not an issue that's human. Yes. That's who you are. Let me help people understand this. And, I ho- and this might go into some of the other questions that we have. Breakups are not simple. Mm-hmm. They're not easy. Especially when you have relationships that break up. Even if you've never been married, you still have to go through a an emotional or a heartfelt divorce. Every breakup is going to break you. And it's going to cause you, I don't care how long, until you handle that, until you deal with that head up, like until you deal with it, it's going to continue to follow you. And it's very important for you to understand that the reason why it does is because I'm human. I love them. I have questions. I don't know why it didn't work out. I'm still angry or I'm still bothered or this or that or the other. There's a whole plethora of things that's going on as to why you feel like you failed or were failed. And you're going to continue to think about those things. And you have to go through a process to break that connection, to break that tie, if you will. That's very important for you to understand. So there's nothing wrong with you. There is no issue. You don't have an issue as far as something being wrong with you. It's not that you're um, you're, 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 you're under some spell. It's just that you were in love and you don't know how to move on beyond that. That's good. And I think the important thing with breakups always, even as we're trying to move on, it's it's not about stopping the love. It's not about stopping how you're feeling. It's about choosing to move forward, choosing to choose you first, despite how you feel about them. And that's the thing. It's like, you don't have to ask yourself this magical question of why am I thinking about them? No, like you said, you love them, but I love them, but I need to move on. I love them, but I need to choose me first. That's what you begin to do. It's not necessarily a question. It becomes a statement. It becomes a mantra. It becomes um, a mood. Um, I met a guy online, and my first question to him was, what is his relationship with with God? Does he have a relationship with God? He answered, his answer was, yes, I have a relationship with God. Um, I want a godly woman who knows how to live earthly. And her question was, um, am I wrong for having red flags because of that answer? No, that's is it. No, no, <laughs> you're not wrong for having. Re- okay. Okay. Let, 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 let me be, let, let me be fair and candid. I don't know what, I don't know what. I want a godly woman who lives earthly means. I don't know to what extent does that. I mean, because it could just mean I want a lady in in the streets with a freak in the sheets. You don't know. It could be that. Yes, it could be that. And we don't know what extent does that. Does that mean just in in dating or does that mean in marriage? Right. What does this mean? I don't know what this mean. He needs to explain himself. Here's here's one here's one of my pet peeves in dating. One of my pet peeves is that we kind of we throw innuendos at each other and we flirt with each other and we say different things, but and then we walk away from that interaction because we dug them, but we walk away like, okay, what is that supposed to mean? And we try to figure it out for ourselves. Yeah, figure out exactly because it is a red flag if he wants to if he wants to hit. If he says, I want you to say, I want you to love Jesus, but I still want to hit it. Mm-hmm. If that's a red flag. But you need to know that that's what he's saying. So be very, very clear. When it comes to red flags, identify exactly what that is. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes it will come to you immediately and they don't have to say much more of anything else. But if he's just saying that, yeah, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, that the, 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 the wedding bed is undefiled. We can make it work, baby. Well, then that's something different than I'm trying to hit it. You know, yeah. and then we can go to church together. Yeah. That's something different. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's no other answer for that. That's good. Okay. You you want to, uh, do we want, let's hit here and then we'll go back over to here. Correct. Okay. That's good. Okay. Um, uh, My husband left me with plans for divorce. Now he says he wants to work things out, but tells his family different. My husband left me. He planned a divorce. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to work things out. Okay, so he went this direction. I left you and I plan to divorce, but he's coming back this direction. But now I want to work things out, but he's telling his family something different. You see the visual, the Mm -hmm. visual, the visual states that whatever he's telling you is not congruent with what he's doing, with what he's saying, with how he's living and how he's walking. If he can't be 100% in front of everybody, then he shouldn't be able to be 100% with you. Fly, walk, bounce. If that's what he wanted, then tell him to go get it. That's how I see it. Yeah, I think it goes back to the very first question we answered tonight. Like, as far as going back to an ex. At that point, once you leave my house, once you leave me, you're effectively an ex. Like, I don't care what the paperwork says. You're effectively an ex. And if you want to work things out, you got some stuff to prove before we get back together. Like, and that's that that's period. And so at this point, regardless of what he's telling you, his actions, and then honestly, what's going on in the streets should tell you a whole lot more than his words right now. But if you're even considering letting him back into your life, you really need to consider making sure you give ample time to see who that man is versus what he's saying to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good. Let's go to Sherry here. Yeah, she is said, it Sherry or Sheree? Let us know. Make sure that we say your well, name right because your name, name anyway. huh? So we weren't supposed to say the name anyway. Well, I said I've been no dating a man for four months. He's consistently texting and dedicated. We hold hands, hug, never kissed me. I know he's dedicated. Why isn't he more passionate, sexual? Do I bring this up with him? Yes, you bring it up with him. Yeah. Figure if if he's already touchy filly, and he's already um, showing you intimacy in 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 non sexual ways, you want to bring this up to him. Now, listen, don't bring it up to him like I want you to jump my bones, or don't you know you have questions, but ask him. Hey, listen, I respect that you haven't even tried to sleep with me. I appreciate that. Um, is 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 it your faith? Or is it something else? What's going on there? Because you don't because he it could be his faith. Mm-hmm. It could be it could be the way that he believes and he wants to respect you. And you want to maintain that uh, that that piece of respect. Because if you go after him like, why aren't you trying to hit it? Why aren't you trying to get me in the bed? Why aren't you trying to get down? Then he's going to look at you totally different if that's the case. Yeah. So you want to actually approach him and say, I'm enjoying my time with you. I enjoy our hugs. I enjoy all this stuff. I see that you're making. I see that you're different. You're different than other men, and I'm. I love. I love that about you. What makes you different? Why is this different? Where are you going with that? And and that right there, because he's leading you. Right. He is leading you, and the way he leads is the way he's going to be. In every situation, a man is leading you. 
Okay, whether he wants to do it or not. That's where he's that's what he's doing. So figure it out. Ask the question. Yes. Actually approach it. Yeah. Um, I, and I think it, this is very important, especially when dating um, is that you want to find out early um, if someone is not as touchy feely or not as passionate because they're trying to abstain until marriage um, or, you know, perhaps that's just not their love language. So they don't really like get down like that. Right. Because as a woman whose love language is physical touch, there is a long time that I spent in relationships where I felt rejected because number one, I didn't know that that was my love language. And number two, because there were men who, at you know, really they just what they didn't get down like that. And so you don't ever want to end up in a marriage where you feel like there is a deficit for your basic human need that is touch, that is passion, that is desire. I think even if someone is trying to be celibate, there should still be um, uh, a pretty fair amount of effort shown to let you know that they desire you. Um, even You know, they don't have to be rubbing up on your booty and, and sticking their tongue down your throat every five seconds. But I think in order to be comfortable moving the relationship down a path towards marriage, you want to make sure that you are getting into that with someone who can demonstrate desire for you. And once you get married, they just land that plane and bring it on home. There you go. Very important. There it is. There it is. Let's go ahead. Um, I want to answer this and then we'll go to uh, Mila. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm assuming this is a woman. He, I guess he walked out one year after our daughter's birth, health issues, um, 19 months already. How do I move forward? Okay. Um, th- what's difficult about that situation is that someone walked out of your life during a difficult time. And so not only are you, you know, not only are you um, dealing with them abandoning you, but you're dealing with why they abandoned you and why now, why at this particular point, why at this moment, what's the issue? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? We finally have the family that we are here for and the baby's here now and you're not here. So there's a lot going on inside of you and how to deal with the abandonment. They didn't just abandon you. They abandoned your family and they abandoned your dream of family. They abandoned your expectation of family and they abandoned you at the uh, worst time if health issues were the problem. So now you're dealing with how can I let go? The, the, the process is the process of moving forward is stop asking those questions moving forward is not something that happens like over time that i emotionally let go moving forward happens with intent you have to intentionally move forward now obviously we got the soul ties detox and the the, um second edition is coming out soon it should should hit shelves uh later this month Mm -hmm. the um and that's a step by step but if I could trun- truncate it really quick, yeah. I'm sorry, if I could truncate the steps real quick, you have to make moves each and every day to um, to to move forward in your life without them. And I'm not talking about just waking up and then, but I'm sad. I'm talking about literally making moves. I tell people, are they there? Have you moved your furniture since you've been there? Have you bought anything since you've been since they've been gone? Have have what changes have you made since they've been gone? 
you have to take your your brain is still connected to them. So you have to show your brain that you're in a different spot. And guess what? Emotions are the first to the party and last to leave. So the emotions will always light up in a good new relationship, but they'll be the last to leave a terrible relationship. Mm. So don't depend on your emotions to tell you that you're over this. You start walking like you are over this. And I'm not talking about fake it till you make it. I'm talking about dealing with the idea that they're not here. That's their behavior. I don't believe their behavior about me. They failed me. I didn't fail. They failed me. And I'm going to walk forward from their failure. You have to continue to live like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I Yeah. I, no, you said everything, babe. I'm sorry. That was good. Hopefully that helped. You want to go over here? Yeah. She said, I've been abstinent for over three years and want to be until marriage. How do I navigate through dating without scaring them off, but also maintaining boundaries? Okay. So here's the thing. There's a lot. We've dealt with a lot of people. Hooray. Men and women. There are a lot of people who are abstinent out here kicking it. Y'all might not be running into each other, but there's a lot of y'all. Right. <laughs> Trust us. First of all, never defile yourself. And so you want to go ahead and maintain your purity for Christ. So definitely do that. Now, you don't lead with sex regard when you're when you're dating. If you're leading with sex, you're doing it all wrong. That's not dating. That's that's the formula for a one night stand. All right. Mm -hmm. You don't lead with that. You don't have to carry that like a cross across every relationship that you meet. You're getting to know them. All right. And as you get to know them and you're 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 knowing what they like, what they dis dislike, you're you're. You're watching to see if their lifestyle fit your lifestyle. And I'm not saying that your lifestyle is any better than them. Right. Um, we don't want to mistake purity for righteousness. So be careful with that. Right. But with that being the case, you want to know who and what they are. Dating does not have to be a this one is it. I dig him. It's like, huh, I kind of dig him. Let's see what's more there. All right. When it comes to uh, intimacy. There are eight areas of intimacy, uh, including sex. So there are seven others that you both can tap into that you don't have to, uh, that, that you can learn to tap into if they're willing. There are men out there who struggle with it, but may be willing after you learn each other, after you know each other, after you uh, begin to um, trade that data, if you will. Okay. But don't lead with it. Um, I know a lot of women are scared to scare someone off, but remember, you're not trying to convince them to like you. You're trying to see if they're likable. You're not trying to convince them. You're not selling yourself to them. You're allowing them to actually court you. Or, and when I say court, what court simply means, there's no difference between dating and courting, by the way. They're just two different words. But all courting means is he's seeking your favor. That's all he's doing. Oh, Jesus. He's seeking your favor. So you don't have to sell yourself. You open up. And then when that time comes, when the conversation comes through, then you talk about it. I'm celibate, but we can, you know, hold hands. You create those boundaries or, you know, you can hug up, whatever the case may be, whatever will keep you celibate. If you get weak in any sort of way or you cause him to get weak in any sort of way, then you might want to say, oh, can't do this. This is yeah. the boundary. Yeah. Be very careful. And I know this is this may be um, 
driven by your faith and is driven by your sense of self. Uh, most people who are celibate are driven in those two ways by their faith, but also I want the new and I want the real. I want it to be good. This, you know, I want it to be right. So yeah. with that being the case, understand that there is precedent for love and being crazy about each other physically, mentally, and emotionally, but yet keeping away from sexual intercourse. There's precedent in that. Start with Song of Solomon or in some Bibles, a Song of Songs. Start there, okay? Because that will show you the precedent. Make sense? Yeah. Um, really quickly on that, it's something that I, I whenever we, we talk to women about this, obviously, when we we're afraid of scaring someone off, it's because most of the time, because we're trying to maintain this and we just want to make sure of, listen, we're tired of playing. We want to know if you're going to be with us or not. So listen, I'm celibate. Like, okay, you with it or not. And I think that how we present that tends to scare people off, whether they, you know, they could be or not. I think it's very important to wear your celibacy as a garment and not as a shield or Ooh. armor. Wow. When something is shield or armor, it is hard, it is very stern, and it is intimidating. And it does have a tendency of scaring someone off. When it's a garment, when it's something that we wear with dignity, you don't have to say it. There's a way that you carry yourself that most men know they just can't step to you any kind of way. And I think when you are, um, when you have this mindset of, you know, I'm celibate, I want to meet the right man. I know I'm a sensual person. I know I'm a sexual being. However, that needs to be preserved for my husband. You can be, you know, glamorous. You can be sexy. You can be a beautiful young woman and you can carry yourself in a way that says she's different and as those conversations come up because you've carried yourself in such a way that it's almost mysterious and a way that like makes them want to know more about you and makes them want to get to know you a lot of times you will find that some men will be okay waiting because it's like well shoot if this is good like let's right. let's go ahead and follow this path and just get to know each other more and see if they fall off, they weren't for you and you didn't scare them off. They disqualified themselves. So continue to remember that you are not trying to, like Kenyon said, get somebody or convince them to want you, convince them to love you. You are presenting yourself. And if they don't receive you, it's not a rejection. It's protection. Amen. So okay. she says, my husband says he wants to go to counseling. But the last time we went to talk with someone, I left feeling triangulated oh jesus i don't trust his suggestions any recommendations for a counselor that's good what i would do is I'm gonna find the website and send it because i just sent it to somebody the other day but you talk right 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 as far as recommendation for counselors we want um we want counselors that you both can agree on that's number one we love you back <laughs> we want we want a counselor that you both can moderately agree on um, was that counselor a a um, a real counselor, a, like a uh, licensed practicing counselor, um, clinical counselor, or was it a coach, or was it a, a pastoral counselor, or clergy, or something of that nature? Listen, we're coaches, so we know that coaches got what it takes, but it depends on who it is. It depends on their disposition, especially with that particular person. Um, but what you would like to do is you would like to, if, if, if this was a licensed practicing counselor or, or a licensed professional counselor, I apologize. Um, she's saying no, that's what you want. 
That's what you want. Yeah. Chandra, I just put a link. Oh, married couple in the marriage ministry. No, never no, again. No, Don't do no, that. No, because no. you're too close. The proximity of you is too close. And especially when it comes to ministries, I'm going to be real here. I'm going to be really real. When it comes to ministry, the, the priority is to keep the marriage together for the sake of God. And we stop looking at the people involved and we start looking at who's the one who's displeased and nine times out of ten the young the is it, the person in the marriage that's displeased and could be a victim is made to carry the weight of maintaining the marriage that's right ministries sometimes not in ours not, not ours i'm talking about not in our church right but there are ministries out there that will gaslight the victim in these ways and become a part of that triangulation. You're absolutely right that you went through that. You're absolutely right. So you definitely want to go to someone different. You yeah. want to go to someone who is disconnected, someone who gets to learn both of you at the same time, and someone who is who is paid and governed to make sure that both of you are being heard and, you, and they're reconnecting you. Yeah, I, I, God, God love uh, church counselors and marriage coaches and, and marriage mentors and ministries and things like that. You know, I, I definitely get it. Um, the the problem comes in, honestly, with the church is that their, and uh, uh, in air quotes, ability to save a marriage becomes their badge of honor. So like Kenyon said, all they're doing is working to keep marriages together. And they're not trained to identify abuse. They're not trained to identify narcissism. And even if they do see abusive traits, the only thing they know to do is pray. And there are some times when you're going to need much more than prayer when you're in a manipulative situation. And so your husband can say, let's go to counseling. A lot of the times, if they're choosing somebody in the church, it's because they've already fooled the people closest to them into believing that they can do no harm. And so you want somebody to be that you can be able to go to and if possible, see you separately than see you together. Or if they won't see you separately or they can't see you separately, at least have them, you know, someone that can give you an assessment that can then begin to see the situation before y'all even get to your first session. But it's very important that you find someone non-biased. Um, if you want Christian and faith-based as well as professional, there are those out there as well. Kenyon and I are, are, are Gottman um, level one certified. And so I put in the um, chat, um, I put in the chat actually a link to uh, finding a Gottman certified therapist, their licensed therapist there. Um, we re and we really do, um, you know, subscribe to a lot of the things that the Gottmans teach and a lot of the therapists really do have a great uh, way of approaching problems. So please, please, please don't, don't do marriage people. Um, you can also no look, we love you, Judy. Thank you so, Thank so, you, so Judy. much. How are you? Um, and one other thing too, if either of your jobs have an uh, employment assistant program, employee assistant program, EAP, inside e EAPs are set up within certain companies to help you, um, and if you have personal issues like yeah. alcoholism, drug addiction, things like that, or you just need mental health or mental health thing, yeah. but without exposing you to the company mm -hmm. so, or to the or to the place of employment. So employers will do that, provide this. So if you go to it, if you have an EAP program, they will, they usually do provide counselors or marriage counselors that are qualified and they'll get you that you it'll probably be what's called a brief session um or a series of brief chefs uh 
series of brief sessions, basically uh, six, about six. I think that's the that's the limit uh, of sessions. So you could also go through that process, either your um, your employer or his. Yeah, I would say because a lot of now EAPs are starting to get like tricky where they won't let you do um, couples there. What I would say if your um, husband will go to couples counseling with you um, or even if he won't, those EAP sessions are still good for you. So that way you can be heard and get things out yourself. Sometimes in relationships, sometimes, especially in marriage, if you feel like you're being emotionally run down, you're not fully being heard, just going to sit and talking to somebody to let you know that you're not crazy helps as well. Um, If you have an EAP program, whether you're married or single or whatever you're going through, do yourself a favor and use those sessions anyway. And you don't have to have a specific reason. Like, like, listen, if you know you're spinning, you know they're like there are places where you're not completely mentally taking care of yourself, get those free six sessions. It's like getting free vacation time. Use every benefit that your employer gives you to keep yourself moving and progressing ahead. Amen. Amen. Let's do this 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 one right here because we said we would and I don't want to leave her hanging. There yeah. She, right she said, I'm typically the person who wants closure when it comes to breakups. Can you talk about closure and how to move on without needing an explanation or apology? So closure in its simplest form is the matter of a decision. It's a matter of saying, I don't need an explanation and I don't need an apology. Now put a pin in that. Most people who want closure are looking for details or looking for explanations or looking for the why. Mm-hmm. Is it me? What did I do? Why didn't this work? What could have been better? Whatever the case may be, especially depending on how bad it is. But let's go back looking for the apology or looking for the explanation. What the apology or explanation is called is called payment. <clears throat> okay. What I mean by payment is that they owe you feel like they owe you something before you can let it go. Mm. How we get rid of needing that payment is called forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go of a debt. What that means is, is saying they owe you, they took something from you, but you won't, you won't um, go and collect that. You won't go and collect that debt. Okay. It's the forgiveness that's going to get you through that process. It's the forgiveness that's going to give you closure. I forgive them regardless of whether they ask for it, regardless of whether. Listen, there are companies out here who who people owe, paid for something or, or bought something on credit, didn't pay for it all. What do those companies do when they don't get their money? They give it to a collector. Why? Because it takes more for them to collect what you owe than to go out and do what they do as a company. It's better to just give, write it off and give it to a collector. So what you're going to do in the process of forgiveness is write this off and give it to a collector. Who is going to be your collector? Come on Sorry. Now. Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. So if the Lord is your collector, then the Lord is going to go ahead and get those conversations going. The Lord is going to get the uh, apology and the Lord is going to get the explanation. And you don't have to be there because that no longer comes to you. You write that off on your ledger. Well, watch this. How does that happen? 
How do I know? Well, number one, it's none of your business because you wrote it off your ledger. But let me tell you something. When you leave someone to the Lord, you leave them to a change of heart or uh, or going the same way they've been going. Once they, uh, I apologize. Once they become convicted, whether they come to you or not, they're going to be apologetic mm-hmm. in their countenance, in their heart. They know they did you wrong and they know why. They know they were selfish or whatever the case may be, right? But they might reject the Lord. Well, if they keep doing that, there's a consequence for that too. The goal here is for you to understand that in order to get the closure that you need, you need to learn the process of forgiveness and writing it off your ledger. Amen. I have one more question I want to answer because she's here and I promised her we were supposed to do it yesterday. Okay. Um, She says, hello, first of all, thank you for providing strong, silent, solid guidance for the matters of the heart, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. I know you're busy, but I wanted, well, I need to ask. I have been off and on with a person for around 10 years. He comes and goes. He always has a reason for his departure, but nonetheless, it hurts me each time. I'm 37, recently purchased my first home, working daily to be the best version of myself. But my heart and mind are tired of this. I don't understand it. Why would a man continue to operate this way? How can he leave and return? Can a man really love a woman that he continues to disappear on? Have I done this to myself? Am I here for the honest? I am here for the honest truth. Please and thank you. All right. So we're going to get this to you. I thought, you know, I thought I was thinking there was a different one. No, it was that. Yeah, the screenshot I sent you. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I got it right here. I got it right here. Oh, cool. So you asked these for the you asked these questions. I don't understand it. Why would a man continue to operate that way? How can he leave and return? Can a man really love a woman that he continues to disappear on? Let me tell you something really quick. Number one, can a man really love a woman that he continues to disappear on? That's not an answer that you need. What the answer, that's not an answer that you need. The reason why you don't need the answer is because if we tell you whether he can or can't love you, that gives you hope to continue to do what you've already been doing. Amen. What you need to do is watch his behavior. His behavior tells you everything, everything that you need to know. All right. Number two, how can he leave and return? Because you let him. That's it. We don't want to understand his mindset. What happens when women um, get their feeling? Well, no, no, no. Both men and women, but we'll just we'll, we'll stick with women here. What happens when women don't that when women want to hang on, but don't like what's going on? They try to analyze the person in order to give them an extra chance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what. Or to rationalize it. Or to rationalize it, yes, or justify it. And it doesn't matter how he can do it. He's doing it. And he's doing it because the door is open. And as long as that door stays open, he's going to walk in and out. It's like your grandmama, you know, close that doggone door. Don't you come in here no more. If you come in here, you're going to stay in here. You you got to be like that on him. Or send him out to the streets. <laughs> he belongs to the streets. Okay. So <laughs> why would a man continue to operate that way? Because you allow him to. Now, let me be clear on this because this is very important. You allowing him to is not taking the blame for his behavior. Right. Okay. Right. You ask, have I done to have I done this to myself? No, you allowed it 
for yourself. He did it to you. Mm-hmm. Two differences. Very thin line, but it's two differences. Everything that you allow, he'll continue to do. Everything. And you have come to a point in your life where you're comfortable with this arrangement. It's uncomfortable, but it's familiar. So you're comfortable with it and you allow it. And every time he dips, you don't like it. So it's not you that's dipping. It's him that's dipping. You're not wanting him to go. Mm -hmm. So he's doing this to you. And it's high time that you identify that you can't do this to me no more. I won't allow it. Let me let, let me take this next question she's got. Take it. Can a man really love a woman that he continues to disappear on? And I am going to make y'all make sure you guys are earphones on and make sure the kids are not in the room. Um, Count. Uh, yeah. Five. Four. Get the kids out. Get the kids out the room. Make Five. sure this is about to be a grown up conversation Three, right here. Two. Let it go, babe. Let it go. <laughs> He comes and goes. He comes and goes. Let's be real. It's not about the going. It's about every time he comes, he makes you feel like you are loved. And when I say comes, I'm saying in both senses of the word. Okay. Whenever. and, And that's the thing. The strength of what he's bringing you when he does come it's it's sexual it's he makes you feel like it's emotional he makes you feel like it's um it's something sensual there it makes you feel like you're the only one it makes you feel like you're all that matters and so there is power whenever he comes and when he goes you immediately begin to feel the withdrawal effects of whatever it is that he's removing away from you and so I'm here to tell you right now, that's not love. And that's what you need to detach yourself from first and foremost is it's not about the how you feel when he leaves. It's what it is that I'm getting when he's here that's making it okay for him to take it away and bring it back like this. But really what we explained in the Soul Ties Detox is that he's creating an addiction. And so if you've ever seen an addict and what happens is that they will go ahead and, um, you know, get high and then they'll try to withdraw. They'll try to let go and they'll really, really in awesome sinners be like, I'm not doing this drug no more. I'm not doing I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like the way uh, I am when I am, in, you know, affected by this drug. But your body, your mind, your soul is telling you that you need this drug this drug is feeding you this drug is feeding something that you're missing and now all you want is to crave for that drug to come back and so you allow it you know good and well how that makes you feel is not right you know good and well that you do not feel like he's treating you like the woman you should be but it's whatever he's bringing when he comes that's keeping you there and what you need to two things you need to ask yourself what is it that he's giving me during this time that's making me hold on to this piece of a man saying a whole man you got there baby he's just a piece of a man that he keeps bringing you dropping off and leaving again what is it that he's giving me and then the second thing i want you to do type it in go get a pen do something make a list of what you need what you desire what you want in a relationship make a list of that i need you to make a list of what it is that this man is giving you and compare the two Mark your calendar for Wednesday, not just any Wednesday, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday is an Ask the Martins Wednesday, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, exclusively on YouTube. 
Takara and I answer your relationship questions and concerns live in a rapid fire format. Ask a question, participate in the live chat, or just listen in. Either way, you will not be disappointed. To find us, go to youtube.com forward slash Ask the Martins, or just open your YouTube app and search Ask the Martins. Hey, and don't forget, hit the subscribe and the bell so that you don't miss us. It's an Ask the Martins Wednesday, every Wednesday, live, only on YouTube. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Martins podcast, recorded live on social media and distributed to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Now, we can't grow without you, so help spread the love. Wherever you found us, rate, like, share, and leave a review. We are grateful to you and appreciate you in advance. Do you have a question for us? Then visit askthemartins.com. Ask us your question or ask for a friend. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Ask the Martins podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.